Do you hear that? That is Gwen Stefani's rich girl playing in the background. And why would that be? It's because it's episode four of Poor Sports. And yes, it's not Jake Kelly's voice you're hearing. It is Jeremy Collins. I'm stepping into the host chair today because Jake Kelly has taken the week off. Well deserved. And but, but he has missed one of the most wonderful times of the year. It's NHL and it's NBA free agency. And I'm here with Lee on the line. And me and Lee are going to break down the NBA and NHL things that you need to know over the next hour or so. Lee, what's going on, brother? How's it going? I'm excited to be here. We're also going to be breaking down what we think is the best and the worst deals. And we're also going to have a little fun later. Yes, we're going to have tons of fun. Segment three, it's going to be like this and that and whatever we want to talk about that's not money-related, probably. We might get into more free agency stuff. Money always pops off. Money always pops off. And, of course, in the last segment, we're going to have the best bets of the week. Now, Lee did well last week, and I did well on my UFC bet from a couple weeks ago. Don't let it get hot. Yeah. Ride the hot streak, I'm saying. Uh, Anyways, NBA and NHL free agency are on the go. And being based in Canada, even though the Raptors are the NBA championship, are the NBA champions, then we are going to start in the NHL. And it's been wild. Now, I'm a Leaf fan, and Nazem Kadri was recently traded. But let's talk about free agency stuff. Lee, what was most surprising to you in NHL free agency? I thought the most surprising thing that happened was, uh, well, other than all of a sudden when I'm looking at Bob McKenzie's Twitter and he all of a sudden turned into Bobby Margarita, that really threw me for a loop when I saw that this morning. He's, he's, uh, he's in his last years. He deserves it. Bobby Margarita is a legendary character in the TSN sports world. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I, I thought I, uh, I felt like he was cheap. Like, my thing is, like, there was the big, big guys, but... I felt, and I normally, normally is, but I just, like, so far the guys that I've gone have been, like, so small in the cap hit. Like, no, like, not a lot of risk taking these guys on, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I've seen a lot of minimum deals and, like, deals under a million dollars, which I like how the NHL is kind of shifting to an NBA-style league where you have your stars and your your lower, like, minimum-level deal players. Uh, Corey Perry signing a cheap deal to go to Dallas and a guy like Jason Spezza signing with the Leafs for the league minimum. And he said it. He's like, obviously, I'm playing this year for the love of the game. And he grew up a Leaf fan. And now that he gets to don the blue and white, he's excited. Now, I know you... Is he a better Patrick Marlowe? I would say so. Well, it depends what you mean better. I don't think he's going to put up better numbers. And I don't think he's the, quote, like, leader guy in the room like Marlowe was. So I'm going to say no. But dollar for dollar, the value exceeds Marlowe by leaps and bounds. Um, I, I'm in, intrigued at how they're going to play him. Is he going to be like a, a second power play guy setting up everyone along the wall like Marner does? He did, he did, he did really well with, that, with Dallas. I, I obviously saw a lot of them with Nashville. He was, he could, he's still one of the best passers. You know, when I uh, saw him with Ottawa, he's a great passer. Now, we'll get into this a little bit more later on, but I have Alexander Kerfoot, who the Leafs recently acquired, and Jason Spezza kind of sharing that third-line center role because I believe one's left-handed, one's right-handed, so one will take their draws on each strong side, and I think Kerfoot will play the defensive responsibility of a center where Spezza will be the one making the passes when you're in the offensive zone, I think. Um, Lee, I know you're a huge Predators guy. What do you think of of the Matt Duchesne deal? I I hate it. 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 I hate it because for the second time, and I feel like the second time in, what, three years, that my favorite player, Kyle Turris, is going to get pushed or, like, pushed down the line in or pushed out of town again from, from Matthew Shane. And I I thought it wasn't as bad as everybody thought he was going to make. It's the seven-year, $56 million. But it's still, like, that's still $8 million a year. Like, that's... That's some quick math, by the way, for me. So nice. Um, but no, I didn't want that. Like, give why Terrence was hurt last year. Mind you, he wasn't as good when he came back. But like, nobody's really as good as when they come back, and they didn't give him a chance. I felt like they're like in the second year that he was there, and they just go and get Matthew Shane. I thought there were better guys to go get. Okay, so it sounds like you're making a lot of excuses. Let's play the role of armchair GM. If you were the Nashville Predators GM, what would you have done instead with that money? 
Well, I would I would have definitely gone ahead and right away would have re-signed Roman Yossi. Okay, because right? he's rumored to be around nine or ten million, right? Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be high. So I would have put the money that we got from Subban back, like you know what I mean, like use it properly, or re-sign our captain because we don't want him to. Because now if we re-sign him with Duchesne, crippled it, like. But let, let's I kick that can down the road. Let, let's wait until the salary cap goes up. The the deal, the NHL's US TV deal, I believe, is up in two years. So if yeah. you can kind of just kick that can just a little bit down the road, Yossi can have his money then. Yeah, but, but like we need it. Like I don't know if he'll take that time, but he probably wants You never know with injuries and stuff like that. He's probably going to want his money now like any person normally would be. Would you not think? He, yeah, but like that doesn't affect next year's cap situation. So you're going to say Nashville Predators, who I don't, I don't know if I put them in like the top tier contenders, but they have aspirations of winning a Stanley Cup next year. You're going to want to spend as much money as you can next year to make your team as good as possible. And signing Yoshi to the extension now, that's for the year after this, right? Yeah. So what would you have done for this upcoming year to make the team better? You already lost but, Subban. Well, like we, uh, I, oh yeah, we already brought in the new coaches. Like I think, I think the Preds were fine last year, bearing their power play. Like you can't win a, you can't win a Stanley Cup having the thirty first uh, power play in the league. You're never gonna win it. Uh, but I just think, what? That, that's fair. So like, there had to have been like cheap guys out there good. that could have improved the power play, like Jason like, Spezza. Yeah, I just think Matthew Shane, like he put up good numbers, but like he's gonna, he's on his fourth team. In three years, man, like like those type of guys that bounce around, like he's probably not gonna like come in and be the great, like not not like he's gonna be a bad locker room guy, but he's not gonna be a leader. And like when he's making eight million dollars a year, people like he's gonna have to produce. So he's gonna be on like a big stage, mind you. I know Nashville's not a big stage, but when you have that type of money on you, people watch. That's such a huge like crutch argument, I think, because. Mark Messier played for how many teams, and he was the locker room guy, the winner, the captain. He played for the Oilers, the Rangers, the Canucks, and then he even so went are you, back. Are you, are you comparing? Are you comparing Matthew Shane to Mark Messier? No, I'm just saying that people are saying, "Oh, he's on his fourth team." Blah blah. Like that's too many teams. Obviously, if you were a good player, teams would keep you, but that's not always the case. That's fair. I, I understand that. And I don't know. I just I would I would have. I would have maybe spent uh, a little bit more on role players around than go for the big, the big knockout punch. Okay, so let's so let's maybe get into that. Uh, there's had to be like some signings where you were like, "Wow, that guy signed for that little," or that "Wow, that guy got that much money. I can do his job and get that much money." Who were your best and worst of the NHL free agency? No, I think I've had a lot of talk. I want to hear yours. I want to you, hear yours. You want to hear mine? Okay. I want to hear your best, uh, your couple best, your couple worst. Let's hear it. Uh, let, let's go. I'm going to do one good one. You're going to do one good one. I'll do my second good one. You do your second good one, okay? Okay. Deal. Okay. So my first goal, good one, is going to be in the crease. I love the signing that Tampa Bay did with signing Curtis McElhaney. Now, Vasilevsky, he's, I think, the second best goaltender in the league. Props to John Gibson. I think he's fantastic. I think he's the best goalie in the NHL by leaps and bounds. But I love the signing of Curtis McElhaney for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And yes, maybe you'll call me a Leaf homer because I liked when Curtis McElhaney was with the Leafs. I do think they made the right decision. Last year, I, I like it too. Now that I know it's that, like only two year, two point six. Like that's pretty good for a backup. And, and, like, and at thirty six years old, that one point three million a year he's going to be making is the largest salary he's ever had in his NHL career. Nice. That's good for him, though. That's a huge good guy signing. I think they can play Vasilevsky maybe fifty five games next year, and then McElhaney can have twenty seven. That's like a two to one split, and then you're good. You're going to have a great team on the ice. And well, it shows. It shows this year that you need that two goalie system, right? Like, I I one hundred percent agree. So, Lee, what, what's your set? What's your first great one that uh, you're seeing? I'm I'm gonna stick with what I said last uh, episode. If you remember it, I said who I think would be the biggest steal for a team, and I think he signed a good oh, contract. Come on, I know where you're going. I'm going with Matt That's Zuccarello. Yep, with the Wild, I think. Five years, thirty million. I think it's good. I think that that Minnesota team's rebuilding pretty quickly. All of a sudden, rebuilding. 
Parise and Zuccarello and Koivu. It looked looked like they were going. It looked like they were going in the wrong direction. That's what what I'll say. Not rebuilding. They still are. I don't know. No, I think I think the Zuccarello signing comes in help gives them speed, and they got the guy from Boston last year who's also speedy. I think I think they're gonna. I think they're going towards the way the NHL is now, which is I saw them play the Leafs last year, and they were trotting out Eric Fair and all these guys, and it was just. Mind you, they won. I'll give them that. They did win that game. But it's like you need to be quick, and I think they're starting to go towards where the teams have to be like. So I like that deal. That's my first one. Five years, $30 million. So I'm going to hammer you because the Wild are so old. And, like, yeah, they might be getting, like, quicker guys, quote, unquote. But I don't think the, that Wild team is ever, ever even going to make it to, like, the final four of the NHL. It's just not a team. Like, they, they missed their window. When they signed Prezi and Suter, that was their window, I think, and they blew yeah. it. I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But what I, what you asked me is what I thought was a good deal, and I thought Matt Zuccarello to that team, I thought it was a good deal. I, I don't think it's a good Like, maybe another team could have signed it, and I could have agreed with you saying that could be a good deal. So but you're just not liking it because it's Minnesota. Because if I'm Minnesota, I'm saying I need to get rid of as many financial commitments as I can because I'm going to need to tear this thing down to the bare minimum before I can build it back up. I don't think a team's going to want... Uh, uh, I don't know if a team wants to take that on that deal. Like a, like Maybe a 31-year-old Matt Zuccarello they want, but by the time Minnesota realizes that they're on the down swoop, then no one's going to want to take a 34, 35, or 36-year-old Matt Zuccarello in today's NHL. I just think, okay, you ready for this line that I think is going to be one of the most... I, I'm going to say it's going to be one of the best lines in hockey this year. Okay. I think it's, I think it's going to be Zuccarello. It's going to be Kevin Fiala. It's going to be Ryan Donato. And I think that's a great line. That's a very fun line. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's going to be what? great, but I think it's going to be a fun line. I just, That's why I just saying, like... I don't know if that's a – you can't really call that a mess when you look at that. Like, that, that screen point. What kind of numbers do you think Matt Zuccarello is going to put up this year on Minnesota? Um, well, what did, he, uh, what did he have last year? He had uh, – I'm trying to look here. He had 40 points last year. And Does that go up? Yeah. Does it reach 50? Does it reach 50? Yeah. I think he's a 50-point getter. Ooh, that's interesting. He's gonna, I think he's going to probably get first line power play, right? Yeah, he has to. So. A player like that, he thrives on the power play. Yeah, and then plus with that line, yeah, I would say yeah, fifty points. Okay, we're going to move on. I I want to go to my next signing, and I know I was just hammering old guys, and I just <laughs> picked Curtis McElhaney, who's super old. I'm going to go with little Joe Pavelski. I think that was a great signing by the Dallas Stars. A lot of money. It is well, it's a lot of money over a short term, though. Fair. He scored 39 goals last year. I think like teams that like thought that they were this close to the Stanley Cup would have backed that track truck up and signed him to like a six or seven year deal. He didn't get that. He stays in, well, not stays. He goes to Dallas. The captain of the San Jose Sharks goes to the Dallas Stars on a deal that was what under seven million. Yeah, that's nuts. I, I think that he's gonna. Be a great locker room guy there, and with him, Sagan, and Ben, and now even guys like Corey Perry are there. Like that's like a locker room that I think knows how to win. So you think? What do you think that gets them over the top? That kind of thing, like those two guys, like because you, you did talk Corey Perry, and and now with Pavelski, uh, do you think that gets them over the top? I. I because they got Bishop in that, and he bounced back. I didn't think he was going to be any good, and he was very good. And they got Klingberg, who I'm like his number one fan. I love John Klingberg. Now, yeah. they ha- they still have Roman Polak there, who I'm not a huge fan of. And they have a couple other players. I'm like, ugh. They just bought out Valerie Nichushkin, who he had such an interesting year last year. I believe he's the first player in NHL history to go 50 or more games without a point or a penalty minute. That's a stat. That's a huge stat. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. What did you think of the Pavelski deal? Did you think that you liked that how he left San Jose, or did you think San Jose was that close that he should have stayed? I think I think as soon as Eric Carlson inked that contract, he's gone. Mm, yeah, and and uh, 
he deserved, but like, like I think the GM even came out and said, like, he deserves the right to be a free agent. Like, we, it was just like a tough hockey decision that they had to make. I hate it just because he's coming into the central where where the Preds are, and that's just going to make that team so much harder to play against with him there because he's just so good at everything he does. But who knows? You know, not even a national fan come a couple weeks because Kyle Turris is shipped, and I'm just going to be loving like <laughs> Stockholm, Sweden, all of a sudden because I'll be in the Swedish Elite League. Um, okay, so with uh, Dallas having Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put Corey Perry there. I know he didn't have the last Radulov, Radulov and Radulov too. How would you stack those top two lines? Oh, um, that's a good question. I liked it this year in the playoffs when they were rolling um, different different comments. They were splitting up the big three. It was working for them, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, halfway through, they would um, they would bring it back, right? They would like all of a sudden bring them back together, and it'd be a terrible, it'd be a matchup nightmare. But I don't even know if you have to do that. So my guess, this is at least what I would think. I would go Jamie Ben. Tyler Sagan and Joe Pavelski online. Ooh, that's a that's a like loading that up. I love yeah, Radulov, but like I think that's your three best players on the first line. But I I think I think Ropey Hint last year played really well. I, I really like and Faxa, Radic Faxa. Uh, I don't I don't know if Radic Faxa is up in the in the top six. I think he's, I don't think he's there yet. I like Ropey Hint. Nice. And I and I would put him with Radulov. And like, can Radulov like switch? Like, they're both right wingers, but you got to think wingers can probably go on either side. They're right? the easier one to switch. I don't. I know, like, it's becoming more and more difficult for them to do. But yeah. I think that in a perfect world, and that's what we're talking about right now—a perfect world. You're listening to Poor Sports on Spotify or Apple Music right now. Or TuneIn. Breaking <laughs> news: TuneIn has accepted our applications. We're on TuneIn Radio now too. We're gonna be. We're gonna conquer the world soon. Um, we're never gonna conquer the world. Let's move on. Bats are, you have one more good signing. I do have one more good signing. And it's, I might receive hate for this, but I, I think it was this guy or bust for this team, and they got, went out and got him. I like Panarin to the Rangers. It was a lot of money. But when it comes to, like, they needed a guy, like, that team sucked last year. That's all it comes down to. That team was bad. And they go out and they pick up the best free agent on, on the market. Which, at least in my opinion, I don't, and I think in a lot of people's opinion, I don't care how much it takes. They, he's a Broadway guy. I think he flourishes there. You get Capo Caco there too, right? And yeah. I think I don't. I don't think even the Rangers really care about money. They're not really like. I think they're fine. I I like that pick. I was either picking between him or Don Toy. I have Don Toy written here, and I had last minute decision to go with Panarin, just because. I like I I just like how you go out and get the guy, and they came out of nowhere. Like they were not like everybody thought they were out. The Islanders looked like they were the favorites to land it. Columbus came in last minute with a big offer, and he took less than what Columbus offered. And uh, the Islanders, I heard the Islanders were up at thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, just to go to the Rangers, so they must convince them on the Broadway. It's the biggest stage, Madison Square Gardens, and I think they got their guy. And the Rangers aren't a team that can go through a rebuild and be successful. They like, like as a team, like that's not them. I think they always kind of have to be there. And I think that like, uh, that gets them right back there. Okay. So I, I have two things I want like, you took up most of the words out of my mouth of what I think about Panarin. Um, so now the Rangers in this off season have acquired Artemi Panarin, Capo Caco and Jacob Truba. Yeah. Talk about a quick rebuild for that team. That's yeah, nuts. Exactly. They, they, they changed it over in a hurry. And plus, they got did they not get that defenseman from the Canes that was in the Dougie Hamilton deal? That, that's oh, the uh, the college holdout. Yeah, and he was... And Adam he, Fox. And isn't he supposed to be pretty nuts? He's supposed to be pretty good. Like, like I'm not going to put him in the same class as True, but Kako and no, Panarin, I know, I know. but it's yeah. Still, it's still like, like, like that line all... Like they, go, they went from being like one of the, like, like debatably one of the worst teams last year like all of a sudden you start like looking at like some lines and like they could be pretty good like they get like not not unbelievably great i don't think they're going to be like the best team in the east but they're going to be back in the playoffs i would assume i think they can i think they can go like i think they're better than the islanders for okay. sure now okay so the second thing i want to talk about artemi panarin's contract wow look at how that was structured that's just nuts just nuts all the bonuses so it's lockout protected yeah, well, Hulk Protected was the wild part I saw. Like, 
So I know the Islanders and the Blue Jackets both offered him more money, and the story is that he has been lured to Broadway, not because of what Glenn Sather or whoever the GM is there right now. It's because the girlfriend didn't want to be on Long Island. She wanted to be under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden, and that's why he chose it. So if you don't know, the cap hit is just over 11-6, which is the second highest cap hit in the league. It's uh, behind Ma- behind McDavid, ahead of Matthews, and this is how the signing bonuses break down. So over the next seven years, he's getting paid $1 million each of the next seven years, and then these are the signing bonuses paid out every July 1st. $13 million, $12 million, $12 million, $11.5 million, $10 million, $9 million, and in the last year of the deal, $7 million. So he's a guy that you want to be around during summertime. Like yeah. You're, you're in his career around summertime. You're living life. Canada Day, you better be flying to Russia if you want to have a good time with our Temi Panarin. Now, Lee, let's, okay. we're going to flip the script. You're going to give me your worst guy. You want me to lead it off? Yes. Okay. I am going to go in between the crease here. I'm going to take Mike Smith with the Oilers at $2 million. I, I, uh, I don't get this. I don't get this deal. I, uh, Two million dollars, like I just don't, I don't even understand. Mike Smith was like debated, like he had a good start, and then he forgot how to stop a puck for three quarters of the year, and then he just like he came back. He had a good playoff, which is like to be fair, and Calgary didn't really give him a lot of help, but like I just don't understand this Dave Holland signing here. Okay, so I'm gonna try and explain it to you. They signed a goalie who has like under 40 games of NHL experience to a long-term deal worth worth over four million dollars. So now you have to sign a decent enough backup who, at one point in his career, was very good. Can you agree with me on that? Yeah, well, back in like back in Arizona, or Phoenix, they were called Phoenix back then. Yeah. So he kind of understands how to play goalie, and it's only a one-year deal. And yeah. nobody wanted to go to Edmonton, so they were going to continue to spend the money where players wanted to go. And uh, it's Tippett there, right, the head coach? Yeah, Dave And Mike Smith, I believe, has played under him three different times and has had like differing levels of success, but all of them weren't last year Mike Smith. They were a better version of Mike Smith. Yeah. Um I'm we're just gonna do like one each here. Uh just because we're running pretty heavy. Um sure. I'm gonna go also in the crease. Sergey Bobrovsky. No, you're kidding. You're gonna say that's bad? That's awful. No, come on. That was but I think that was more or less, well, one, they needed it. They traded every goalie they had on the roster away. But also, I'm pretty sure, if I'm right, that that was one of the things that um, what's his, um, Coach Q said with Luongo's injury and how he's going. He said, if I'm coming here, I need a goalie. And they, they said they were going to get the roster no matter what. So I feel like that's a Coach Q thing that, that, that they needed. Coach Q is almost 70 years old. He did, but he's also one of the best coaches of all time. Of all time, a.k.a. previously. I don't think he's currently one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League. And maybe that's a different discussion to be had. But we said early on that it's a two-goalie thing you need now. And when you pay one goalie over $10 million, you can't pay a second good one. You pay Mike Smith. Well, that that was three point seven five. You gotta go be Tampa Bay and sign Curtis McElhinney off the street for a buck six or whatever it was. Or then the, the Habs got a backup penny too, did they not? They got uh, what's his what's his name? Who um, cares about the Habs? They're awful. Hey, yeah, they're all yes, fair. <laughs> I do agree with that, but I'm just saying, like, we're talking backup goalies. <laughs> I'm just trying to see where I can see the Habs name pop up here when I'm looking at the thing. This oh, is a great podcast good. stuff, right? You just looking up stuff, Kincaid. <laughs> Yeah, Kincaid, the 1.75, that's a good backup. That was a decent deal, but I, I just don't like paying a goalie $10 million plus because I go, to the, I go to the Detroit Red Wings school of winning where you do not need a goalie to win. Give me Chris Osgood every day of the week. I'll have a good enough team in front of him that I can you pay him with, pennies. That was the same with Boston with uh, Tim Thomas. Yeah, exactly. That's how I'm going to build my teams if I was the NHL GM. Okay, that's fair. I, I get that. I just... I think they had to go get someone, and they needed a goalie who's the best goalie on the market. It was probably one of those things where they walked in, they handed them a blank contract, and just say, hey, what are your terms? Yeah, you got me all fired up, Lee. I'm so glad that I'm 
pumped up. I worked 40 hours this weekend. I come in the studio, and now I'm just ready to go for the rest of the pod. You're listening to the best goddamn podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and now tune in. You're listening to Poor Sports. Poor Sports. Hey there, I'm Morty Jenkinson. When I'm not coaching the offspring in soccer, baseball, or wrestling, cutting the lawn, or playing taxi, it shirts off, crocs on, slather on the SPF 100, fire up the barbecue, and crank up the Bob Seeger while lounging in the kiddie pool, of course. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds wishes he was me. Over my dad, Body Pilsner from Great Lakes Brewery, now available at your local LCBO. So, we all know Rome wasn't built in one day. Rome wasn't built in one day. Rome, 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 Rome wasn't built in one day. At the end of the day, you gotta go out there and you gotta play. I don't even like this guy. Not four, not three, not two. Got a lot of work to do. I'm gonna take my towns to my my towns. I'm gonna take my towns to South Beach. I'm gonna take my towns to my my towns. The king coming to South Beach. We believe it's gonna be easy. No one ever said it was gonna be easy. We believe it's gonna be easy. I expect to win. Multiple championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you won a couple championships, LeBron. We got it. That was a long time ago. The you NBA to the Maverick. The NBA has changed and it continues to change. The same thing is LeBron James is staying at the forefront. Out of everybody that has signed already, there's been huge deals signed, and teams are now powerhouses that were just Afterthoughts in the Eastern Conference last year. They are now powerhouses, but we are still all looking at Los Angeles and looking at LeBron James and if Kawhi is going to sign there. Now, I don't want to get too much into that right now. We're going to really break down what has happened in the NBA over the last, I don't know, what's to say, July 2nd? When, when you're hearing this, at least July 3rd. So there's a bunch that has happened in the NBA free agency, I'm going to say in the last three days. Because... Yes, NBA free agency opened up on July 1st, but all the watch bombs were dropping the night before, the last day of June. I love it. That was the best. Like it was it was like Sunday and it was like almost I want to say like Sunday afternoon and Walsh just decided, all right, time to break the entire free agency right now. And he's just dropping bomb after bomb after bomb. It's like Reddick's going here, Butler's here. And it's like, oh my God, it's not even time yet. Whoa, settle down. And it's like I would love to see how many people just for free agency follow Woj with good old notifications on. Like, you know exactly what he's tweeting, whatever. Like, it's better than any app. You can't beat it. He's awesome. And I, I, I want to know how he got all those connections. It's nuts. I want to tell all. I, I literally think it's like someone, someone like gets a deal. Like, let's say like a deal gets done. And it's like, all right, well, we'll send it to your agent. Now we just got to send it to Woj. Like, it's like, it's like, like a general talked about thing. It has to go through Woj. I love it. Uh, what is the things that you were loving and hating about the NBA free agency um, so far? I was loving some of the teams that were like stepping up, like that they're going to go at it. Like I loved how the West, I mean, a couple teams in the West that decided, like, hey, we're not going to roll over and let the Lakers go here. Like the Utah Jazz, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Utah Jazz. Portland picked up a couple guys that I thought were pretty good. Um, Either way, like I, it's just I'm I'm glad that it's looking like the West might still be. Uh, well, Golden State also dropped a couple bombs there for us too. Hot take um, right now. At the time of this podcast recording, at eleven twenty nine p.m. Eastern Time on July second, Jeremy Collins is saying the Utah Jazz are the favorites for the NBA championship. The NBA championship. Yeah. I don't know if the NBA championship. I, I like them to win the West, and I. In my hot take, which actually isn't really that hot, because everybody here knows that I'm just not the biggest LeBron person, I actually think the Lakers are the third-best team in the West. Huh. Maybe even the fourth. I can maybe even say the fourth. I would put Utah. I would put um, Golden State. Just on, I'm, putting Golden, I'm putting Golden State. I, just because they know what to do. They've been there. And I either Portland or you can even make an argument Denver. Or Denver Houston. Or, yeah, the West is tough. That's going to be a tough conference again. Okay, my, enough about the West. Enough about the West. Let's talk about I, a team in the Eastern Conference real quick. Okay. I'm sorry to, to cut you off. I know you didn't even say... say I was going to go to the East. I was going to go to the East. Okay, you go, you go, then I'll go. Okay. I think the clear-cut favorite to the East now, and especially after 
the Wolves bombs, the Philadelphia 76ers. Why? I, that team, picking up Al Horford, I think, was one of the best moves in free agency. He just, or like, he's never the best player, but one of what he does, he just gets to the playoffs every year. He knows how to do it. He's probably a great locker room guy, which is probably what a team like Philly definitely could use. But that's counteracted by the Tobias Harris signing. Yeah, that was. I think. I think they nuts had to give him that for him to keep. I think. I well, who'd you rather have, Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Come on. Oh. I think on that right? team, Jimmy Butler. No, not in that locker room though. That's a bunch. Yeah. Of yeah. 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 Winning fixes everything. Um. But I think. They're starting four right now, and we don't even know, like, you don't know, like, the true fifth right now. There's not a guy under 6'10". Yeah, that's kind of like, nuts. Like, 6'10 is the smallest guy on their team. That's pretty wild. Okay, my favorite thing about NBA free agency, and, like, I think you took my uh, question there a little differently than I wanted to take. My favorite thing was the New York Knicks releasing a press release three hours into free agency, basically apologizing to their fans that they didn't get a savior for the franchise. They thought it was that locked and loaded that they had to issue an apology. That's nuts. I I can't believe I it, it it's coming out now that like Katie wanted to go to the Knicks and the worst the worst owner in NBA would not gamble on him and give him the max. But then he but and what makes it even worse is that he went to Brooklyn and didn't get the max. Like, they took pay cuts. Yeah, it, to, to get DeAndre Jordan on the team. Now, yeah. it's funny, because over the last couple of podcasts, we've referred to Zion Williamson as... You guys have, maybe. Not me. Well, I think well no, yeah, so Jake. Jake has referred to Zion Williamson as a better version of Julius Randle, and now uh, R.J. Barrett's going to get a play with Julius Randle. It's hilarious. Poetic. Honestly, poetic. Oh. All right, Jeremy, I want to ask you, who is your, you saw it pop up, and you're like, I can't believe they just said that. Mine's very weird. Very, very weird. And, like, I'm just starting to get back into basketball right now. So I remember, like, being a Raptors fan a couple of years ago. No way you're going to take mine. <laughs> Ed Davis. Oh, never mind. We're fine. Ed Davis signing his little deal. He's he's a player that's never going to be paid what his actual value is. I know he's probably not a starter. He's a great bench player, though. I love Ed Davis on my bench. And he signed, I think, believe a two-year, $10 million deal. Nuts. Wait, wait, I don't even know who he signed with. Who did he sign with? He signed with the Utah Jazz. My boys. Oh. Two years, $10 million. He's yeah. a bargain bin replacement for Derek Favors, who they dealt to the Pelicans. And he's a good backup to Rudy Gobert. He's going to set big screens. He's going to box out. And he's going to play his role to perfection. Oh my gosh! I can't. I've never heard someone just go to go to war for Ed Davis like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about Damari Carroll to the San Antonio Spurs. Fair. Who's, fair. Who, who did you think I was saying? I thought you were going to go down the. I thought the weirdest slash like I thought it was a bad contract. Was Terrence Ross with the Orlando Magic signed a four-year, fifty-four million-dollar contract? I I think it's terrible. I think it's a terrible contract. That's not that much money in today's NBA. It's not that much money, but I still think it's too much money for Terrence Ross. I think that's the going rate for a three-point shooter and an athletic scorer who has a little bit of size coming off your bench. I I think they like the Magic. They're not going to be a great team, but I think he's kind of. has his little niche there in Orlando, and I think the fans like him. And I know a couple fans up here still really like him. Yeah, I don't know. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you that will come out when all the things come out for weird contracts. I bet you, Terrence Ross four fifty four with the Magic will be there. Ah, oh, I don't know. I I think like the, the still wasn't the worst. I think I think I think you and I could probably agree on the worst contract slash. Uh, what are you saying? I'm saying Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton with the box buying a five-year, $178 million, $178 million deal is crippling to the Milwaukee Bucks. It There's nothing that's them. ever crippling in the NBA unless you're yes, the Brooklyn Nets of like 10 no, years ago when you dealt no, all no, those firsts no. for... This is, this is the most crippling contract I've seen in a long time to a franchise because now they're in a win now, which they were already getting there, but like they're in a win like right now. 
Because if you're going to pay, which he will, uh, Giannis is uh, $253 million, which he's, which he's going to be getting next year. You're going to already be going into the luxury tax on two players in Milwaukee, and then you have to find a team to go around there. I just think for that type of money at five years, $178 million, he's like 33 34 is he not? He's a... Yeah, well, what this is, it's just that a team that finished first place in the East and the first place in the entire NBA, they're trying to bring everyone back. That's what it is. But they lost, they lost, uh, they lost, like, was it Bogdanovich? Yeah, so they're trying to bring as many people as they possibly can back because they were first place in the East and they were, like, they lost to the NBA champions who may or may not lose Kawhi Leonard. Milton's 27, so, like, it's not, like, it's still, I just think that's a crippling contract to a team because all of a sudden, like, my my question then would be, would you have rather had Malcolm Brogdon at four years, $85 million? Yes, I would have. Yes, you're right, Lee. Yeah, would you rather have that much cap room at four years, $85 million, than have Chris Middleton at 178 Yeah. Ugh. That's all. That's, I don't know. That's, 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 that's me. That's just, those are my two, yeah. We're we're just gonna like sit out of this one. We're gonna keep it going here on Poor Sports. We're gonna throw it to Jake Kelly, who's not in studio right now, but he's gonna be on the Instagram in the next couple days to give us his thoughts on the NBA free agency. And he's our guy. He's our free agent. Like he's our he's our NBA guru still. So I'm not gonna call Jake a guru to everything, but he follows the NBA pretty closely. He's our he's our big NBA guy. So so that's it for Jake and or Jeremy and Lee's thoughts on. What has already been signed in NBA free agency. Maybe in the next Kawhi. segment we'll talk a little bit of Kawhi, but that's uh, we'll, we'll see how high, how, how fired up I get about Nazem Kadri, Sebastian Ajo, and a few other things. Ezekiel Elliott, you're listening to you're listening to the best goddamn podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, and whatever one Lee said we were on earlier. Tune in radio, baby. There we go, Lee. You knew I was tossing it to you. You're listening to Poor Sports. Poor Sports. Hello. Gordy Levesque here. No one swings and hacks like I do. And no one struts quite like I do, too. And no one brews beer like Great Lakes do. Connect Pale Hill. My beer. Your beer. Our beer. <laughs> Available in over 400 LCBO and grocery store across Ontario for only $2.80. Great Lakes Brewery, brewed for you, Ontario. Carolina. That's where I'm going with this one. That's where I'm going with this one. I, like I love it. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes star player Sebastian Ajo was offer sheeted by the Montreal Canadiens, and they continue to be a bunch of jerks. Now, Lee, did you see the Twitter poll they put out after the Canadiens signed the offer sheet? Yeah, the, uh, do we think that we're going to match the offer sheet? Yes, or we. I love it. Rubbing it in Habs fans' face that they are keeping Sebastian Ajo. Now, Lee, what are your thoughts on the whole offer sheet scenario? And I thought, like, if this was a summer, we're going to get one. This one was kind of underwhelming, wasn't it? Yeah, I I thought uh, that was... You got to feel for Sebastian Ajo at that point. He's going to... Like, am I reading it right? Like, that's, that's the deal he'll sign now with Carolina? Well, yeah, but they were offering him $6 million and he gets, what, eight and a half now. But, like, it's like $24 million in the first 12 months. I'm not feeling for anyone who's getting $24 million over the next year. That's Th- fair. But what, what the only thing I would have done differently if I was Carolina Hurricanes, I, would have, I wouldn't have confirmed it today. I would have waited the week. Well, I think they've just put out a press release or whatever saying they're going to like, agree agree to the offer sheet eventually. They're going to wait the seven days, put out... Through Montreal. Screw yeah, Montreal. So, so Montreal can't offer sheet any more teams. Do you know what I read on Twitter? And I know this is a super serious resource Twitter, but I read that Sebastian Ajo's agent is good friends with Mark Bergerman, the GM of the Canadians, 
and they structured this deal so Aho and his agent get that big payday right away. And the Canadians really, like, they were interested in Aho, but they knew they weren't going to get him. Yeah. Which is very interesting. That was one of the big pieces of news in the NHL free agency. Uh, so now it's like Point, Rantanen, and Marner, who are still left, unsigned, and obviously I'm going to talk about the Leafs guy, Mitch Marner. If Aho's getting eight and a half, Marner, you're not touching nine, buddy. You're not worth it. You're not worth it. I don't care where you're from or how many times you set up John Tavares for any of his 40-plus goals. You're not worth $9 million. There's one winger in the entire National Hockey League who's worth $9 million, and that's Alex Ovechkin. Or he was because he's won a cup. Nikita Kutrov is getting there. Yeah. Lee, thoughts on anything restricted free agents-wise? Aho or Marner or Point or why they haven't signed yet or anything? Uh, I think Marner, uh, Marner is going to go north of 10. And I think, I know it's going to piss you off, but I think, I think it's going to happen. I'd much rather trade him for a bag of pucks than give him $10 million. A bag of pucks, really? (laughs) It's so funny because I was like the complete opposite. I was sitting in your chair talking the same way about Willie as you are. And everyone else was saying, trade Willie, trade Willie. Now I'm saying, screaming from the rooftops, trade Mitch Marner. If he's going to be this little malcontent that's going to try and ruin the Leafs' chances at winning a cup. Yeah, that's fair. Well, like, the thing is, like, if they don't sign him, they go to arbitrary, right? But like, if Well, they- no, they can't go to arbitration yet. Yeah, it'd be later. No, I'm just saying it would be later. Like like a couple years from now. Oh, okay. So what, so what happens then at that point so he doesn't have arbitration rights, and he's pretty happy about that. He's the first player in NHL history to be happy he doesn't have arbitration rights because if the club elected or he elected to go to arbitration, they'd sit down and the Leafs would say, yeah, Sebastian Ajo, who's a center, who which is more valuable than a winger, and put up this amount of points, and Mitch Marner thinks he's worth 15 to 20% more than that. And the Leafs would lay out how like Kucherov signed a two-year deal at... Six or seven percent of the cap is a bridge deal, and then that's what Marner, the arbitrator, would reward. There's no precedent set that Mitch Marner's worth upwards of a seventh of the cap, a seventh or an eighth of the cap. That's nuts. That is nuts. So he's just saying there's no set precedent for me. He's pretty much saying there's never been a player in the NHL ever as good as Mitch Marner. Oh, I'm angry. I'm fired up. But. Well. Since you're angry and fired up, wasn't there a trade as well? Yes, I was getting to that. Because Mitch Marner wants so much freaking money, the Leafs had to go make a deal. Now, obviously the Leafs had to improve their defense, and they sent out Zaitsev for CC, essentially. I don't know if you're going to say that's an upgrade or a downgrade. Downgrade. That that remains to be seen. Downgrade. I don't know. It it remains to be seen, I'm going to say. So... There's not a lot of players I get super emotional about. Like, I love players. I hate players more than I love players. But whenever there's a good player, I'm like, yeah, he's good, but there's better players. Nazem Kadri bled blue and white for 10 years. He's my first player I'm emotional about seeing leave. When Sundin left, I wasn't young enough to realize Kadri leaving this team. Oh, I have his jersey. A Toronto Arena's Nazem Kadri jersey. And I love it. I love the way he played the game. I know he crossed the line a couple times, but that's fine. He's a good kid, and he's going to do super well in Colorado. I love that they brought back Tyson Berry. I think Tyson Berry's a fantastic player, and he's your immediate Jake Gardner replacement. And Colorado's retaining salary there. The player I'm really interested to see is Alexander Kerfoot. Now, Lee, I know you watch a lot of Western Conference hockey. What can you tell me about Kerfoot and Berry? Uh, Kerfoot, uh, I saw him quite a bit when, uh, just whenever Nash playing, he's, he, like, he buzzes, like, he's, he's pretty good, um, I think he had, what, somewhere around the 40, 50 point range this year? I, I believe he was just under 20 goals and just over 20 assists, so around 40 points. Okay, um. But I, I don't know how much he was playing with Rantanen and Landy and, uh, McKinnon. Like where, where, where it goes. Yeah, well, I guess it'll always depend on, like, the service you're with, but, like, he definitely probably slides right into that second or the third center line spot, right? And that that makes that third line pretty pretty deadly now. Captain resigned, right? Yeah, and I, so I think Leaf fans 
They've had uh, Par Lindholm as their third-line center and Nazem Kadri as their third-line center. Now, I think yeah. one is severely underqualified and one is severely overqualified. So yeah. it's kind of nice to finally have, between him and Spezza, someone that's probably like, is the three bears situation. Oh, this cup of porridge is too hot. This one's too cold. Kerfoot and Spezza for the third line. This is just right. So we'll see if Kerfoot plays center. We'll see if he even signs because right now he doesn't have a contract. He's a restricted free agent. So he could be, he could sign an offer sheet. We don't know that yet. I would think though if Dubis dealt with the abs, he has an idea of what Kerfoot is interested in and he's probably pretty close on a deal there. Yeah, and also just Tyson Tysonberry's not. You know, he had he had his career high last year, fifty nine points, he had eight in the playoffs. Uh let's play the game here, Jeremy. Where did he play junior hockey? Hmm. No clue, do you? Kelowna? Oh, you nailed it. Really? Yeah, you got it. I, I just kind of figure he's a Western. I, I always think, like, if you're playing for a Western Conference team, you probably grew up in the WHL. And I don't know. It's totally a wrong thought of process, but, like, yeah, that, that's, like, one of the most it. lucky things I've ever done. Yeah, you got it, though. So good for you there. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, stud. He's a stud. They were trading salary, but, like, yeah, I think Dubas is going to get into a contract talk with him. He's a, he's a free agent next year. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, the thing with Tyson Berry I like, well, not I don't know if I like it or don't. I'm interested in it. So the Leafs got Tyson Berry, and his advanced stats say he drives a lot of shots to the net when he's in the offensive zone. So always the puck finds it back to Berry, and he blasts one on net. Yep. The Leafs weren't really a team that blasted it from the blue line a lot this past season. Another acquisition the Leafs made, it's not going to be on the ice. It's off the ice. Dave Haxtell, former Philadelphia Flyers head coach. The Flyers drove the net, drove the puck to the net a lot from the blue line. So I wonder if this is kind of getting Barry and having Muzzin, who blasts the puck a lot, and having Haxtell on your coaching staff. I wonder if we're seeing how the Leafs play change a little bit. Good point. It's something that. It's something that. You could just be completely wrong, though. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying I'm interested one way or the other to see if these players will change to conform with the Leafs' style of play, or is this like a, a galaxy brain type thing where Dubas is wanting to play a different way? Fair. Ooh, yeah. We still have so much time before the Leafs and all the, all the other NHL teams, Nashville Predators, whatever, hit the ice. So we're going to leave hockey talk for a little bit. We'll let Jake hop back in. Next week on that, I want to do a quick hit on the NFL. Did you see what Zeke put out today? A little, uh, little apology. A little apology. A little kind of apology. Uh, yeah. He put out a statement on Twitter today, is where I saw it. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, who got into like a little skirmish in a Las Vegas nightclub a couple months ago. Again. Uh, yeah. Again. Another skirmish. He uh, he put out an apology on. Twitter, and it pretty much said, I have to stop being an idiot. Yeah. He, I, bet you that's not, I bet you that's not even his word. No. Obvi- Roger, you, you, he met with Roger Goodell, and that's probably exactly what he said. Hey, you got to stop being an idiot. And yet, that's completely it, because the Cowboys, they have a lot of players that they're going to have to pay real soon. Amari Cooper, it's Dak here. Prescott, Cooper, Zeke. Zeke. Yeah, there's all three of them. And I'm not a big Dak guy. But if there's one of those guys I'm not giving a long-term contract to, it's Ezekiel Elliott. Because I don't know, like, A, running back, so we've seen what's happening to Todd Gurley right now one year after signing his massive deal. Yep. And now, and Amari Cooper, I'm a, I have all the time in the world for. I love Amari Cooper. And then Zeke with him possibly getting to off-the-field issues, already having been suspended once long-ish term. He has to be better. Now, he's going to go top three in every NFL fantasy draft this year. Oh, I can't wait for fantasy season. Don't even get me going on that. Oof. But, yeah, so that's your little NFL update. We're going well, to... So, my thing, quickly, just quickly with that is, I think the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott are super lucky to not get a suspension, in my opinion. I don't know how Ezekiel Elliott last year when he was suspended, or was it last year or the year before? The year before that. The year before that? Yeah. Uh, he was on like he was on like the probation list, like, and it was like 
don't do anything dumb again or else like, like the book's coming fully at you. Yeah, but that was a little but, bit of overkill with the Zeke suspension in my mind. In yeah, my I mind. Did, I, I thought I thought what would have been right, and I bet you not, even Cowboys fans wouldn't have been mad about, is if you gave him two, right? He appeals it. It's down to one. He misses the Giants in the home opener, and he comes back week two. And nobody would have said anything because it was a dumb thing they did. And he's like, you got to do something to set a precedent again, right? That was on if Lee and Roger Goodell swapped lives. That is what yep. would have happened. I yep. love it. There's going to be more football talk here on Poor Sports all throughout August, September, and well into the NFL season because we all love our football. Boy, you're going to have to try and get us to talk something else once football season starts. It's going to be nuts. And you're going to be listening to us. College football, it's going to be everything. It's going to be everything. You're going to listen to us on Spotify. Then the second listen, you're going to listen to us to Apple Music. And then you're going to listen to us a third time on TuneIn Radio. You're going to listen to us three times a week. I guarantee it once it's football season. Anyways, we got one more segment left to here to go on Poor Sports. You're listening to the best god dang podcast out there. Poor Sports. Get crazy, get wild, let's party, get loud. If you want to have fun, then do something. If you want to have fun, then do something. Get crazy, get wild, let's party. Uh, yeah, let's get crazy with the Jersey talk. I love it. Jersey Shore. No, I just thought that'd be interesting to come in with. Lee and I are going to go over our best hockey jerseys. Yeah. That is what I'm super interested in. Just something a little quick and fun. And that way you can get involved as well. On our Instagram page, we're going to put up something this week. Where you're going to let us know your favorite NHL jerseys or any jerseys. It doesn't really matter. Uh, okay, so we're going to go back and forth. Do you want to go three to one, Lee, or one to three? Let's go, uh, let's go three to one. And what we're going to do is so we're going to say our three to one. We're going to put them into like a little graphic. We're going to show my three. We're going to show Jeremy's three, and then we're going to ask you guys to vote. And we're going we're gonna to start doing this with the three of us when Jeremy comes back. We're going to keep a running tally of what this is going to go on, see who normally has the best taste in that type of thing, etc. Jeremy, hit me with your third best jersey. My third best jersey. We're going to Broad Street with this one. The Philadelphia Flyers have my third best jersey. And if we want to get really specific, their home jersey, but it doesn't really matter. The orange? The orange. Okay. I love it. Like, it's so just clean and, like, iconic. It's just ignorant. Like, it's like, uh, like, you know, like, it's always been like that kind of thing, you know what I mean? It's huge. I love remembering watching Big E skate down the middle of the ice, just trucking guys, wearing that orange and black jersey. And I, I, I really didn't like their Winter Classic jersey this year. I, I didn't have a taste for it, but that orange, that, it's that the color of orange specifically. It's kind of like the creamsicle orange, but a little bit darker. I love it. Lee, your number three jersey. I'm going throwback, but you saw it this year in the NHL. I'm going with the Hartford Whalers green Ooh, jersey. That's uh, you're appealing to all of our hipster fans out there. I like it. Uh, I I think if a team took those colors and just rolled with them all year, they I might become a favorite team ever. How about we just fold Florida and move them to Hartford? <laughs> that deal. And and they can have Kyle Turris in the deal too. Come on. <laughs> Okay, my right, no, my number, number two. two. We're going to kind of near Lee's hometown, Motown, the Detroit Red Wings. I love that the wheel that represents how like big of a motor town they were is yeah. in the middle of the wing. It's all red. Again, as a team that was great when I was growing up, Stevie Y and Nick Lidstrom, and just just a, another perfect, clean, simple jersey. And this is kind of where where you're seeing me go, and I like. Number one, like it might be obvious if you even know me a little bit, but we're not going to there yet. Number two for Lee. I'm going with the Lady Liberty New York Rangers jersey. <laughs> I, I love these jerseys. I wish they would just go back to wearing them. They're the best. Well, not the best. They're not my, they're not my number one, but I've had a toss-up between these two. But you're also seeing where I'm going. I'm going older jerseys. I love it when teams bring them back as uh, – and you might get to know from number one. Go ahead with your number one. 
My number one. The Toronto Maple Leafs home jersey. Oh, come on. The current one. Like, I, I love the arena's jersey that they wore a couple years ago. That was sweet. So cool. And that was my Nazem Kadri jersey I got. Didn't get Matthews. Didn't get Marner. Didn't get... Definitely didn't get Marner. Uh, didn't get Willie. I got my Nazem Kadri arena's jersey. But the home jersey, when they changed to a more, like, stylized leaf, it wasn't just super plain... Just a little bit, a little bit cooler, a little bit new and hip. I love it. It's blue and white. It's something that I recognize everywhere. And whenever I'm somewhere other than Ontario and I see a Leaf jersey, I, I go and strike up a conversation with someone. It, it just, I love it. Lee, did Keith the Chuck ever wear your number one jersey? <laughs> he did. He did wear my number one jersey. I'm going with the old Coyote jersey, the Kachina jersey. Oh my! I don't think that they brought them back this year, but even it's still not even the same from like what they used to wear. Like it, I think it's the best jersey ever. I've been trying to get my hands on an authentic one forever, and I can never get one because Jeremy doesn't help me out enough. The place where I can get them. I'll, I'll uh, keep my eyes open, but I need one first. Who would you go with? Awesome. Who would you go with on the back? Oh, I would go Keith the Chuck. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, not donor. Uh, you could make a case. You know what? I wouldn't be picky. I wouldn't be picky. <laughs> okay. I hear you so, there. So um, what we're going to want you guys to do is we're going to put up these three. You're going to let us know who's got the best jerseys. We'll also put a little poll. We want to hear your favorite three jerseys. We'll be sharing some with some nice little graphics with the two. So good luck, Suzanne, on having to do all these. We put our staff to work. <laughs> now, we're trying to do all the work here on Poor Sports, so you don't have to. It's time for the betting segment. You're only getting two. You're only getting two this week because Jake's not here. Well thank, well, thank God because spoiler alert: Argentina lost today to Brazil, which means Jake's pick last week. Bad. They're done. They're done, and I. It was exactly what I said it was. I said their defense sucked, and what happened tonight is that that they just ran all over it. So then anybody out here in the Scott, Leo Messi is the number one all-time player. Still hasn't won anything with his country. Very interesting. Lee, you're leading things off here. You're leading things off here, I'm going to say. Who's, what's, what's your bet? Okay, here we go. So, just want to throw it out there. I went 2-0 last week betting on cricket for the first time in my life. Congratulations. So. Beginner of the socks, might, some might say. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, So, we're going to not go back there. We're going to keep it going with my degenerate, though. So we're going to be betting some African Cup of Nations. <laughs> so what I'm going to be taking is I'm going to be taking Senegal to beat Uganda, which is tomorrow. And then we're also going to be taking Nigeria to beat Cameroon. I think these are uh, slam dunks. Nigeria they actually have as the underdog, but I think they're going to win that game easily. If there's ever a pick that I'm going to screw up, it's going to be this Nigeria one. So that's why I'm going to give you a free third one for fun. I'll give you Chile. Tomorrow to beat Peru in the semifinals of the Copa America. So take those three, bet, bet two of three, or bet all three, you should win two. Every day of the week, I'm shooting two for three every time. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I've caught on to what Lee does. He just throws a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. I'm giving, working. I'm giving you one slam dunk thing. And the odds right now are ridiculous. You put $100 down on this, and it's returning 690 Oh. Who is it? Your 2019 MLB Home Run Derby winner, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh my God, that video today! Woo! You know, had me in the field. I'm not even. I'm not even a Jays fan. I just see those balls crushed. He could do that all gosh darn day. There's a lot of good guys out there. You got Acuna there, Pete Alonso there. Give me tough. But that video, if that gave me any sort of indication, man, that's not a bad bet at all. I'm going to have to get in on that action. It's a lock. Thank you. It's a for, lock. Thank you for sticking with us on this extended edition of the Poor Sports Podcast. Follow us at poor underscore sports on Instagram. And Lee, how can they find us on Twitter? Oh, they're going to follow us. Poor Sports 1. I swear we are going to get it going <laughs> sooner or later. It was a busy week this week. Episode. 
but all three of us are going to be logging on. We're going to be retweeting, liking. Jeremy's got all the inside info. We're going to be, you know, it'll be a great fall. You won't want to miss it. Awesome, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Poor Sports. I can feel your heart beat going.